Yeah, we'll, we'll blame it on that. <laughs> Y'all, my hair looks kind of like Taylor Swift's hair looks on the debut album cover right now. Except I've kind of got a middle part going on. And it's a lot frizzier. It's almost there. We love those vibes. We do. Curly hair, woo! Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm, like, staring at the album, like, the back of the album, and I can see where she used to draw a heart on her foot with a Sharpie. And I used to... Rebecca, do you remember in Drama 2... No. When I was in Drama 4 and you were in Drama 3 or 2, and I used to come into your drama class during my study hall, (laughs) and we would, like draw on ourselves like i would always draw a star on my foot where taylor swift always had a heart on her foot yes (laughs) i do oh gosh but i was like always amazed at your ability to draw like a very symmetrical star yeah because i that's just something i've never never been able to do me i practiced a lot like that's what my notebooks always were like me practicing how to draw like stars they don't look like that anymore they look very janky now but i used to come home with sharpie on my foot and my mom would not be happy same neither would my mom but i usually always like wrote it on my hand or i remember writing like i heart question mark (laughs) yes oh my god i do that all the time like my profile picture Listen, my profile picture on Facebook for the longest time was me and this girl who went to our high school, and we had written I heart question mark on our hands, and we, like, were smiling with our hands over our mouths, where you could just see I heart question mark. We thought we were so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Bailey and I went to private school, so. (laughs) Rebecca and I went to public school, and there were no, no, there were rules. But yeah, that drama class was a joke. A fun joke. <laughs> Are you ready for it? Welcome to Ready For It, a Taylor Swift podcast. I'm Chandler. I'm Rebecca. I'm Bailey. And I'm Lizzie. So be fearless. Speak now. Put on your favorite shade of red. While shaking it off in a getaway car. Because sometimes you need to calm down. And wrap yourself up in your favorite cardigan. To find some happiness. And listen as we talk about the iconic poet herself, Miss Swift. All right, we ready to dive into this? Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. So the song that we're going to be discussing today is Teardrops on My Guitar, which is one of the most emotionally eviscerating (laughs) songs I think she's ever written, honestly. (laughs) Um, On her debut album, I think it's like the third. Yeah, we're on the third single now. Or not third single. We're on the third (laughs) track of the album. One of her singles. I think it was her second single. Yeah, it was her second single. Um, And this is the song that I, like, learned about her from. Like Me too. Really? Me too. Yeah. See, I learned about her from Tim McGraw. Yeah, so I remember it's so funny because my sister, they played the pop version of this song. I did not listen to country music, and they would play the pop version of this song on Top 40 Radio. 104.7. 104.7. And, like, my sister, I remember her coming into my room and being like, Chandler, listen to this song. Isn't it so good? And I was like no and then i like just heard it over and over again and this is i I, obviously i became obsessed but my very first impression was like it's okay and then it's funny because my sister had a very prolonged i hate taylor swift phase (laughs) (laughs) after that and she will straight up tell you it was internalized misogyny but this was the song this was my first introduction to taylor god this song i definitely related to that same boy that i wrote a hate letter to this not is gonna the, lie. This is the first song I think ever in history that like broke me, like emotionally yes. broke me. I can remember listening to this song on repeat over and over and over again in like the eighth grade. Yeah, like crying because the boy that I liked was dating somebody like, else. Yes, that's yep, yeah. yeah. Or he liked some other girl, and he would tell me, "Oh no, this this is true." Like I, I. I this guy, I like talk to him every single day, and every single day I'd give him pointers to things to do for the girl that he oh, liked. No. Yep. Oh no. I was that girl. I was that girl. Bailey knows who I'm talking about. I do. Lizzie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Look, you grow up and you move on. 
<laughs> obviously I'm way better now but like it took a while I was always I felt like for a long time I was always like second best and I carried that feeling because this was like this song kind of like resonates with me because it's like my I related to like my first like heartbreak you know too personally so like in a relationship heartbreak because I you know you have other heartbreaks in life but yeah. this was one that I could definitely say that I would listen to the song and I automatically even to this day it brings me back to that like feeling of just ugh, gut-wrenching I hate it at the same time because <laughs> it's depressing yeah. um, and I don't know a single person even people who are like I'm not a Taylor Swift fan I don't know a single woman around our age who did not love this song it reminds me kind of the song Tolerate It, where, like, you're, like, so in love with this person, and you give them their all. And obviously the message, it, the messages are different between the songs, but it's kind of reminiscent of that for me. Where, like, in this case, Drew's just blind, oblivious, mm-hmm. you know, typical male. Right. Um, but, and, like, Tolerate It, obviously it's different. But, yeah, that that's why I think it's so emotionally, like, eviscerating. It just tears you to pieces. Because you can tell through these words that she is so in love with this man mm-hmm. who doesn't see her. Yeah. Well, let's get into the background, Lizzie. Okay. So, it was inspired by an experience that she had with a boy named Drew Hardwick, which is a classmate of hers whom she had feelings for. He later went on to join the Navy, which I don't know why that's even a thing. Also, I found out that Hardwick ended up going or getting charged for child abuse, but that's a whole other topic. Did you guys know that? Yeah. I saw it, actually. Yeah. The tea is piping hot. Oh, my God. I didn't didn't know that until I went on the Genius Lyrics website to look up the lyrics and it literally says, in 2015, Drew was arrested for child abuse. And then it says, maybe it's a good thing they were never really together. Yeah. Okay, what was his last name? Hardwick. <sighs> yes, so... Do we know what his charges are? Like, uh, child abuse. But, like, I, I'm gonna look did, it up. Did, I looked at a Vanity Fair article, so I don't know. There was a ton of different articles, but... Oh, he is not cute. But, okay, going back about, like... Basically, he would frequently talk about this other girl to her, and she would say, like, how beautiful she was, and he wanted to start a relationship with this other girl, but Taylor was secretly, not so secretly, and he was just oblivious, in love with him, and, you know, it took this guy two years after this song was released, and she was getting pretty big, for him to, like, finally show up at her door, and she was like, oh, I... I'm sure, Chandler, you'll get into, like, I don't know if you wrote yeah. the song for a quote. Yeah, I but did. Yeah. Um, and then this song is a country pop song with a length of 3 minutes and 35 seconds. And the lyrics of Teardrops on My Guitar, it, it's speaking of heartbreak, and it's very direct. And it's it's just the typical, it, it, it's kind of a foreshadowing song for I think, like, You Belong With Me, except it's less, like, upbeat. Because it's basically the girl next door. You know, the the right. the friend who's a girl who, it's her perspective, who, you know, she is deeply enamored by this guy who, who couldn't, like you said before, couldn't even, doesn't even see her. And it's just really sad to me. But yeah. And this is another Liz Rose collaboration, correct? It and is. And I think it was produced by Nathan Chapman. Here, why don't I check the liner it notes? Is. Okay. It is. Produced by Nathan Chapman. Yep. Yep. So... Taylor actually talked a good bit about this song. Basically what Lizzie said, she said, when telling people what the song was about, she said, I used to have a huge crush on this guy who would sit there every day talking to me about dot, 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 another girl. How beautiful she was, how nice and smart and perfect she was. And I sat there and listened, never meaning it. Any of the times I said, oh, I am so happy for you. I guess this is a good example of how I let my feelings out in songs and sometimes no other way. And I've never been afraid of using names. I love this song because of its honesty and vulnerability. To this day, uh, they're still together and he has no idea about this song. Which I think that, like, that's, like, accurate as of right now. Like, that's who he was still with. He married that girl. Yes. Mm -hmm. Who 
but he did eventually realize and he showed up. Yes. So in 2007, she was asked by Seventeen magazine if she'd heard from him since the song came out. And she said that he had been leaving her voicemails ever since, but that she felt too awkward to call him back. And then she said in an interview with the Washington Post, she said, he showed up at my house when I was leaving to go to a hockey game with Kelly Pickler and Carrie Underwood. This car pulls up and two guys get out and one of them is Drew. I hadn't talked to him in two and a half years. He was like, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, wow, you're late. Good to see you. (laughs) But we were civilized. I have theories about what he was doing. He had his friend with him. So maybe he was trying to prove to people that the song was really about him or whatever. Or maybe he was really trying to be friends. Or maybe he thought I was still pining away for him. Whatever. And then (laughs) I have... One more quote, which she, this was on her web, like her website, her website used to have like all of her albums, her first three albums specifically is what is on there went on. It's not the Wayback machine. It's like another internet archive site. You could click on each individual song on each album she had out and it would like give a little like quote of what she said about it. And for this, she said, it would have been really cool and poetic if he had turned up at my house right away after my album came out, but it was two years later. A couple of things have happened in my life since then. I was like, it's really great to see you, but you're a little late, which... <laughs> Typical dude. Yeah. Typical dude. Yeah. It's like, wait, wait, like, I like how he probably thought, okay, oh, he finally realized that, um, okay, maybe this girl had a thing for me. I think now would be an appropriate time considering she's getting pretty famous. Maybe I'll get another song written about me. You know, it's funny during the fearless show, like this was also one of my favorite parts was because she had like a, what's it called? Like it was like a recording of drew talking. Uh I I don't know if it was, I don't think it was actually drew. I think it was what's his name in the music video. Uh Basically saying that talking about, this song and, and you everybody knew it was coming because she was basically saying i like to write songs you know and she names them I mean, she was one of the first people i think that i can remember that like actually says the name of somebody yeah. like in a song yeah and you can see that her influence is like trickling down to like newer artists like with heather by conan gray yeah so she, i really think that she pioneered this i don't know that for a fact but i'm just gonna go with it because my gut's saying that that's true <laughs> Well, it's still something that we see now, like, you know, even in Evermore where she writes, you know, the song Marjorie, like, no, it's not a love song, but she's still calling out a name, you know? Yeah. I love that she does that. Me too. She's not afraid to do that. Like, you know, you saw like Ariana Grande do that in Thank You Next or, you know, but like, you know, it's ballsy. It is. You gotta be, you gotta have some courage to really like name somebody, you know, like that was his actual name. She could have not, she could have you know forged it and said it was somebody else or described him but no well have you guys heard have you guys heard the original demo of this song i think so she said you instead of drew it was you look look at me yeah Hmm. and then she changed i wonder what made her change i don't know i feel like she's just that like gutsy of a person that she was like fuck it i'm gonna put his name in here right (laughs) yeah right well, at, at that point, it's like, she, what does she have to right. lose? Like, right? he's li- literally so small compared to how big she got. Like, so she could do anything, you know, yeah. and still be as successful as she ended up being. Speaking of successful, um, Bailey, do you want to <laughs> tell us about how the critics responded and what, like, awards and whatnot she might have received for this song? I would love to. So... Teardrops on My Guitar has received generally favorable reviews, but some critics believed that she was limiting herself by sticking to country music. Actually, Mm -hmm. Bill Lim of About.com rated Teardrops on My Guitar four out of five stars. He complimented Swift's vocal delivery and songwriting style, but (laughs) criticized the production and the arrangement, perceiving them to be dull. He -hmm. did add that the tracks refrain refrains were most impacting and deemed it among the most memorable memorable songs of 2007. So Teardrops on My Guitar debuted at number 93 on the Billboard Hot 100. It spent a total of 48 weeks on the charts, 
peaking at number 13. Teardrops on My Guitar is also Taylor Swift's first song to debut on the Billboard year-end Hot 100 charts and would eventually become her highest charting single. But again, like we talked about in Picture to Burn, the Billboard Hot 100 is not the only place that this song debuts. It debuted at number 46 on the Billboard Hot Country songs, and it stayed on the charts for 25 weeks, peaking at number two. And it also peaked at number seven on the Billboard Pop songs, and it spent 21 weeks on that chart. This was a three-time platinum winner, and she won Song of the Year in 2008. So I think that they... A lot of people believed that she limited herself by sticking to country music. And I don't want to say that I agree, but like she eventually comes out of country music and proves that she can be successful in something other than country music. Yeah. I mean, if you ask certain people, she was never really like fully country, which um, I mean, I was never really, I always say this, but I was never really a country music fan. So like, I feel like I can't truly speak to that. But like, if you're comparing this to like pop music, this was country, but Again, this song, you you said it yourself, this song was a huge crossover hit. That's the first place I heard it was pop radio. Mm-hmm. So They played this on pop radio a lot. Yeah. Does anyone have anything else they want to add to its critical acclamations? Like, I get there's a lot, so I, like, I mean, I left a lot out. But. No, I think that I would stick to, like, top five. Yeah, I think that that's a good amount of information i mean just and i don't know if i said this before in the background but this is her second single yes in the yes so like this song and for many of us this was our first introduction into taylor and so that's why this song will always to me this song and all three of these single her first singles will be something that sticks with me like in terms of taylor and and the new taylor swift fans don't understand this as much as they think that they do they'll never understand like the very first time they heard like they were there they get introduced to a whole new type yeah it's just different it's i don't know that it's that they won't understand it's just that it's so different for them how they were introduced to her compared to those of us who have been here since 2006 2007 right like we were growing up with yeah yeah and to be fair there are a lot of younger kids who were introduced to her via you know the red album or 1989 who also feel like they've grown up with her and that's totally fair she's had like a yeah true a really this is her 15th year in the music industry so like but it, it, it wow. i will say it is like it feels a lot it feels very special for like me personally mm-hmm. yeah she's really like raised young like you see in the, like you said about like new artists now they follow this example like that she kind of set like and she really did make an influence on current artists now you see yeah. it I love it. I love to see it too. And I, I like, I'm excited to see what comes of a lot of the new artists too. I mean, that no one will ever replace Miss Swift. She's not going anywhere, but, or she better not, or I will personally go to her house and be like, hey. And this is how Lizzie gets arrested. <laughs> this is, I would never actually do that. I just want to put the disclaimer there. Your I would house in Rhode that. Island. <laughs> If anything, I would, like, try to just literally meet her cat, and that's it, and I would be like, all right, go. Speaking of her house in Rhode Island, my work bestie's boyfriend is from Rhode Island, and he knows exactly where her house is, and they were going to drive by to, like, take a picture for me, and then they just didn't, because that's creepy, but... (laughs) I feel like I would have done it anyway, but okay, whatever. (laughs) To each their own, I guess. Yeah. Rebecca, do you want to start out with the first verse for us? Yes. Okay. So the first verse is, Drew looks at me. I fake a smile so he won't see that I want and I'm needing everything that we should be. I'll bet she's beautiful, that girl he talks about, and she's got everything that I have to live without. Yeah. Literally just take that dagger and remove it. Again. Fake sobbing. You know, again, she doesn't waste any time getting into it. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, like we said, this is the first time she has you the first of many times she uses someone's name in a song, and it's the very first word of the song. 
Yeah. Yes. Coming in hot. She's definitely not shy. You know, it's interesting because she is shy and then she's telling us that she's very shy and she's not telling this guy that she really likes. Well, it's like what she said. She's like the quote that I read earlier. I guess this is a good example of how I let my feelings out in songs and sometimes no other way. Like she's literally saying, this is the only way that I got this, these feelings out. I put it in the song. I never said anything to him. I just let it live in this song. I love that because, you know, like we all have things that we probably didn't say to that person that we had, where we were crushing on and we maybe like, I wrote a lot, like I, I still write like in a journal or whatever. And it stays in that journal. And I think it's pretty awesome that Taylor, I mean, she, it just shows like how talented of an artist she is. And also like, it's just an, it's a great example because she's literally starting it off. The like line where she's like, I, I'll bet she's beautiful. That girl he talks about and she's got everything that I have to live without. Um, it's just, that really just, it takes me back. It's so heart trauma. Yeah, and it's like, honestly, it's traumatizing to like someone who doesn't like you back, especially when you're like in middle school, <laughs> like I was when like yeah. this song literally ripped my heart out. Um, and I, it's just, and it's such a relatable <laughs> feeling. It is. And even if you haven't experienced like something like this, like she still has that ability to make you feel that pain. Like, yeah. to be honest, then, I don't think that I've ever been in this situation. Maybe I have. I don't know. But I don't know that I have. But it's just, like, it still rips your heart out. Like, like Becca said when we first started, it. this is eviscerating. Emotionally <laughs> eviscerating. Like, really? Yeah. God, it does bring me back. Like, I literally remember that, that same guy I wrote a hate letter to in the last episode. I was saying, a picture to burn. The same time before I did all that, I did, I was, I was pretending that I didn't like him. He didn't have a clue. And I would just pump him up and listen to him when he told me about this girl who was everything that I wasn't. I had this, like, situation happen to me so many times. Like, it happened more than once. It definitely happened at least twice. But, oh, yeah. I just... And, oh, like, really just the the situation of sitting in class and listening to this person that you were, like, 15 years old and, like, so in love with or so you think and listening to them talk about their girlfriend or the girl they like, like, ugh, it kills me. Kills me. Yeah, this happened to me my freshman year. I had dated this guy, like, when I was in, like, eighth grade or whatever. And we broke up, and he started dating another girl who I was, like, kind of friends with. And we were in the same class our freshman year. And, like, I would have to listen to him, like, talk to me about her when I still, like, wasn't over him. And, like, he would still flirt with me and stuff when he was dating this other girl. And it just... Yeah, I cried to the song a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And did anybody else take the, like, names of the dudes that Taylor would name drop in her songs and, like, use it as, like, no, I would, like, use them as code names, like, when I wanted to talk about, like, the boys that I like yes. in front of them. Like, I definitely would call yes. Drew, whose name was not Drew. I also, my favorite was Stephen with a PH, and me and my friend Deborah would sit in, um, <laughs> we would sit in PE, and we were in not the same PE class as the guy that I liked, but we had PE in the same gym at the same time, and so we would just like sit there not sit there it was PE but you know what I mean like we would just sit there and like talk about him and we would just be like she would be like okay Chandler how's Steven with a PH and I'd be like oh he's great and he would literally be right there and not know what we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> I love Classic. so she says and she's got everything that I have to live without I feel like there are so many meanings to that lyric um Especially off of what you guys just said. Like, Liz, you said that you had to listen to this guy talk about how amazing this girl was and it made you feel that you weren't amazing. And, like, and she's got everything that I have to live without. It could mean that she's she's got Drew and I have to live without him. Or it could mean this girl is amazing and, she ha- and she's beautiful and she has a great sense of humor and I don't have any of that. It kind of makes you you can hear the doubt that she has about Mm -hmm. this other girl too. Like 
her own insecurities. And that's that's also another sad part. But she's also she's also not saying a bad word about this other girl. No, she doesn't. I'll bet she's beautiful. And she's got everything that I have to live without. So basically she's saying this girl is the second coming of the Messiah and I'm (laughs) nothing, you know? Like Yeah. Like she wants to hate her, but she can't. That's why she doesn't mention Mm -hmm. her. Like like it's more about him and her feelings yeah about him. but that just goes to show how deeply rooted her feelings were if this was just yeah. some stupid like well i don't want to say stupid but like one of those little crushes that you get when you're like a freshman dog. yes like yeah. a puppy dog love you she would you would see the jealousy coming out here you would see but it's not at all you get 100 the, the opposite you get the feeling that this is her first real experience with being in love Yes. Yeah. And you know, this song reminds me a lot as like a precursor to the song Girl Crush by Little Big Town. You guys, are you guys familiar with that song? Yes. 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 Yeah. It reminds me a lot of that because in that song, most of the song talks about that girl like in a good light, just wishing you could be that girl. And that's kind of like what Taylor's doing here, you know, wishing she was this other girl. Yeah. Wishing she would took her place. Right. Um, Lizzie, do you want to take the second verse? Yeah, Drew talks to me. I laugh because it's so damn funny. Okay, no, what is the official right. lyric? Uh, it's just so funny. Yeah, I laugh because it's oh, yeah. just so funny. See, that's just... I just know. I, I don't agree with that. I, I think it should be so damn funny. We can talk about this, Lizzie. You know, on Genius, the lyrics, on the Genius, it's... Yeah, it's really. really that too. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's why I was like talking about okay but i can't even see anyone when he's with me he says he's so in love he's finally got it right i wonder if he knows he's all i think about at night so yes she did change the lyric from i laugh because it's so damn funny to i laugh because it's just so funny when she changed the lyric and picture to burn i disagree and (laughs) i i I know i don't listen when she does these re-recordings she needs to say damn like Madam, you say fuck now. You can say damn. <laughs> We're not going to be offended. You can do it, Taylor. Petition for Taylor Swift to re... Taylor, are you listening? Are you listening to us? Please. I mean, you're listening. Please. Everything I have ever wanted in my life because it kills me more than anything that I do not have access to the version of this song where you say damn anymore because I had to freaking break my original Taylor Swift debut album CD. So, Taylor, if you are listening, please, if you have not already re-recorded it, please release you know this what? version. I don't care if you've already re-recorded it. Re-record the re-recording. <laughs> I wanted to say I laugh because it's so damn funny. I Please. I always say it that way. I honestly forgot that she changed There it. are people it's who so don't funny. know. It doesn't like, it's like. like the line in Picture to, Bur- Picture to Burn. Like, people don't know about it because it's been changed since 2008. Like, or at least... It's been changed at least since it's this was so- a single, but it's officially. It's interesting. You know, it's funny, though. It's the country radio d- played the original for a long time. I didn't even know that this was, like, the more official one that's been, like, and the, the other one's been scrubbed. Yeah, it's the same thing. Because you can't find the original stand- standard edition of Taylor Swift anymore. It's only the deluxe edition that is now considered the standard edition, which I, I still don't. I don't count it as the standard edition. But... Yeah, and no. there's, like, several different, like, versions of Teardrops in general, like, because, Lizzie, when you were giving background, you said that the song was 3 minutes and 35 seconds, but, like, the back of my album says it's 3 minutes and 33 seconds, and then I know there's another one that's even what? shorter, so there's a lot of different versions out there of this song. I'm not really sure what all the differences are, but I want the original. I want the original so bad. Well, and you know what's funny is that, like, <laughs> yeah. looking back, like, what we were in, like the eighth grade when this was released 2008 so yeah um but like at the time we would have been like oh my god she said a bad word but like you said Chandler now she says fuck so yeah well just you know blow that shit wide open I laugh because it's so damn funny I mean it's funny that genius.com which normally has their lyrics like pretty well good good. it's so damn funny I bet it is damn funny we're manifesting. <laughs> Genius is manifesting it for us. That no, what, 
You know what's damn funny about this? He was arrested for child abuse in 2015 while she was riding the wave from 1989 still. So that's damn Yeah, we need to delve a little bit more into that later. Yes. I would never say it's funny that he got arrested for that, but... It is pretty hilarious that how she is, got super successful and this guy was, like, in her rearview mirror. Like I think it's kind of funny so that far, she used to be, like, so far, gone. so far gone for this guy. And it's, like, bullet freaking dodge. Right. You can I tell mean, he's, like, a piece time, of crap. The first time she saw him again after she released the song, she's literally going to a hockey game with Kelly Pickler and Carrie Underwood. Underwood. <laughs> right. And Like, she's way yeah, too good right. for you, bro. She don't need you. That's yeah. damn funny. <laughs> That's damn funny. Yes. All right. Cool. I also want to say um, the line where he says he's so in love. He's finally got it right. Dramatic, Drew. Did you really say this? <laughs> are, are you really 14 years old and you're so in love? I guess, I guess technically because he married her. So That's intense. That's some intense stuff for the ninth grade. I wonder if he knows he's all I think about at night. Is that really all you think about at night? So... Is I mean, we were, we were here. <laughs> well, okay, listen, we were 15 year old girls once, and I can guarantee you that that's not the dramatic line. <laughs> True. I can also guarantee you that Taylor Swift's a maladaptive dreamer. <laughs> so. She's a hopeless romantic. Look. Yeah. Okay, do we want to move on to the chorus? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Let's so the chorus. He's the reason for the teardrops on my guitar. The only thing that keeps me wishing on a wishing star. He's the song in the car I keep singing. Don't know why I do. I love it. I do too. And I also think it goes back to, I said earlier, how like, even though you may not have, you know, this exact experience, that chorus, like, I I don't have a guitar. I can't play the guitar. I never owned a guitar. But he's the reason for the teardrops on my guitar. And, like, you always, like, even now, you, like, see a shooting star, you see a star, and you're like, oh, let me make a wish on this first star I saw. And you don't, you know, like, you wish that you'll fall in love with someone. Or if you're talking to a guy, you're like, oh, I really wish that this goes further. Like, and that's still true, even if you don't have teardrops on on a guitar. Um, Yeah, well, I mean, the only... You already said the only thing that keeps me wishing on a wishing star. We all, like, when we were younger, I'm sure we all made wishes on stars. But he's the song in the car I keep singing, don't know why I do. That is the most relatable lyric in this entire chorus. I agree. Because especially for people like, I feel like us, we I feel like we all really love music. And it's just such a perfect metaphor. You get a song stuck in your head and you don't know why you like it, but you keep singing it. And it's the yep. same, like, I don't, you don't know why you like somebody, but mm-hmm. they're stuck in your head. It's funny, because that that song in the car is, is not normally <laughs> a Taylor Swift song. Right? But I also <laughs> just love the imagery yeah. of, first of all, how did she even come up with the line, teardrops on my guitar? That is... Right? It's beautiful. <laughs> like, I love it. It's... And in the music video, she actually does have teardrops yeah. coming down. She also has those, like, crystals on her face, too. Uh-huh. I love it. Right. Yeah, very beautiful. Like, she was gorgeous in that yeah. music video. The dress that she wore and her hair. Yes, and how she wo- wore yes. that same dress from the music video to the CMAs that year. Uh-huh. Yeah. Girl, if I was, mm-hmm. if I was Taylor Swift and I looked that good in that dress, I would have worn it everywhere. Same. It was so beautiful. Absolutely iconic. Yep. You know, and I don't want to say his name, but, you know, the guy that she was originally under at Big Machine Records, you know, the first time she played this song for him, and I would have to try and find the interview where he talks <laughs> about this, but it's kind of buried now because of everything that's gone down. The first time she played this song for him, and I think this was like the first song she actually played for him when they sat down. After she was done, he said, do you know what you just played for me? And it goes back to what we were talking about with that imagery of the teardrops on her guitar and just how emotionally charged that lyric is. And then what you were talking about, Bailey, with the wishing on a wishing star, her hopeless romanticism that's coming out. And she held on to that for a really long time. Yeah. Like in Fearless, when she wrote Hey Steven, 
she sent him the track number at like 11 11 p.m when the album debuted and she held on to that even into her 20s i would like to say through her red album until you know yeah through that she really held on to that hopeless romanticism that we see coming out in her and i feel like she brought it back in lover too I agree. Yes, I feel like she, she never did. really lost it. Um, no, I feel like she probably no, she shelved it. Yeah, yeah, she put it on a shelf. I am for sure, and that's okay because she went through a lot. And I think at that time, it it needed to happen. Kind of like we were talking about earlier, how some people criticized her for the country and and being in country. I think at that time she needed country music, and country <laughs> music needed her. And people can, like, sit there and argue that it wasn't true country. But, yeah, was she 90s country? Absolutely not. She was not Shania Twain. She was not the Dixie Chicks. But she was a definitive face of the early 2000s country music scene. I mean, you can't tell me that Carrie Underwood's crossovers are more country than hers. I also think that the hopeless (laughs) romanticism is, is a very country thing. Like yeah. that it it's less it's less yes. pop than it is country. So it, you know 100%. when she when she switched over into pop, she you know like like we said, she just kind of put it on a shelf and then she found a way to bring it back. And I mean, like you said, we see we see the hopeless romanticism exemplified in all of her let's call them quote unquote country albums. Right. Yeah, and like to, going back to what you said about like country music kind of like being like that hopeless romantic genre almost I never knew that I agreed with that but I totally do like just sitting here thinking like a lot of music that women in country put out other than you know the like I'm gonna murder you kind of stuff um but like (laughs) the love songs they feel like fairy tales and then like the heartbreak songs feel like fairy tales gone very wrong you know like the first right. thing that comes to mind is that Peter Pan song by Kelsey Ballerini. Uh-huh. Like, I think yeah. that's a perfect example. Yeah. And it's definitely, she definitely took a page out of Taylor's book for that. I agree. Yeah, I remember when Taylor's website, like, in her, like, about section, this was, like, through her Speak Now album. It, like, it was, like, the picture of her kind of, I think she was, like, laying on her tour bus couch. And you could probably find it on Wayback Machine, Chan. But, and it, like, literally one of the first lines was, like, I believe in fairy tales. And she kept going, like, I believe in this, I believe in this. But she still had had that in her early 20s. But, yeah, the country music is definitely that he loves me, he loves me not, picking the petals off of flower kind of, you know, genre of music. But that's beautiful. And it was beautiful that she tapped into that for so long. I mean, I think she really paved the way for that in a way. She did. She did. Like, with Love Story and... You know, she was one of the first people in country music to come to compare literally a Shakespearean, like, you know, something so famous in literature and then to put her own twist on it and and put it in with that hopeless romanticism where it wasn't a tragedy the way that it was originally intended to be. And I know that's a completely different song. We can go on that. I don't want to get off on a tangent, but you she really shines on her day, debut album with this and and then the the few preceding it she does as well i think speak now is a little bit more of a breakup album yeah but, but it's still got that magical we'll get fairy tale quality to it but yeah you're right we'll get oh to my that gosh, we'll yeah. get to it <laughs> absolutely bailey do you want to take the next verse sure so she says drew walks by me can't he tell that i can't breathe And there he goes so perfectly, the kind of flawless I wish I could be. She'd better hold him tight, give him all her love, look in those beautiful eyes, and know she's lucky cuz. You can feel the pain. (laughs) You do. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's heavy. I love how she, like, like, switches up her phrasing in this first Drew walks by me, can he tell that I can't breathe? Like, it's different than how she says Drew looks at me and Drew talks to me in the first and second verses. Right. Yeah. And she also, it kind of goes back, she says, the kind of flawless I wish I could be, which, you know, goes back to what we said before. And she's got everything that I have to live without. Like, so now she's saying, Drew is flawless. This other chick is flawless because she has Drew and she's amazing. 
And which we now know is not true. Drew is not flawless. Right. No. But you know, like that same concept, but again, she changes up the lyrics. Yeah. I, I think that this shows like how much where she thought she was in love with him. But it was very strong. Like, you can tell that she right. had deep feelings for this guy. Because, like, when it's that kind of love that you, like, that you admire them. You, like, it's not a, it's not, right. it's not that. This is, love. like, the, that love that's, Something like, more. it's infatuation masked as love. At the time, yeah. you think you're, like, so head over heels in love with this person. But you look back 10 years down the road and you're, like, I was just in- deeply infatuated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I also yeah. love how she has a habit of like describing like the men in her songs as like beautiful and flawless and gorgeous. And those are typically <laughs> Corey. <laughs> I mean, but also like actually gorgeous, like the song gorgeous, like so right. a beautiful, gorgeous. Like she, this is how she describes men which is interesting to me <laughs> because it's, these are terms that are usually reserved for women right right yes all right are we ready for the course or we got any any last thoughts on this um, course? i don't have anything else i just i do actually i love how what? when he, she says she'd better hold him tight give him all her love look in those beautiful eyes and know she's lucky because the way that she sings that yes it, it, there's so much like emotion in her voice and, like, I feel, like, so much passion in her voice. And, like, I feel like I can hear her voice almost breaking from, like, she's going to cry. And I know that's probably not the case. But that's how I always picture it in my mind. No, but I actually, I was going to say that. I actually agree with you. You're right. It sounds, when she's singing it, that her voice is cracking because she's about to cry. Yeah. To me, it was more on a sigh. All right. Like, the her inflection on it look in those beautiful eyes when she hits beautiful eyes it's like a to me it was always like a sigh yeah no like, i agree you're totally right about that when she says yeah. beautiful eyes it sounds like a sigh but then when she gets to and no she's lucky cuz like her oh that part yeah. because yeah Ooh. yeah i also think that when she says can you t- can't he tell that i can't breathe you can tell that she almost like sounds like out of breath. Breath a little bit like she loses mm-hmm. her breath yeah yeah her inflection is just, and I know we've talked about this before, but, like, that's some of the things that, like, makes her song stand out more so. And, like, that brings such a, an emotional impact. Even though her, like, lyrics are already, like, tearing you up inside, death by a thousand cuts, <laughs> then she, like, adds in those freaking inflections. Yeah. And you're like, oof, just kill me. This was my MySpace song, guys. (laughs) I wasn't allowed to have a MySpace, so I didn't have a MySpace song. Sigh. (laughs) Okay, Bex, you want to the bridge? Should I just go on to the bridge? Yeah. Okay. So I drive home alone. As I turn out the light, I'll put his picture down and maybe get some sleep tonight. I love the buildup of this bridge. It's not quite like a classic trademark Taylor Swift bridge yet. But I love the buildup of it. I love the imagery of her like driving home. In my mind, she's like driving home in like a rainstorm and she gets into her like house and she like turns off the light and like lays down and just like cries. I don't know. That's just always how I pictured it. <laughs> I I almost get the feeling that it's like she she says, I'll put his picture down and maybe get them to sleep tonight. Like she's alluding to the fact that she is up all night crying because this dude that she's so irrevocably in love with loves some other kid and she has to hear about it all the time. Like, and it just eats at her, you know, like, yes, break her down to the point of tears to the point where she literally cannot stop crying and she can't sleep. And like, (sighs) we've all been there, you know, I had a picture of a crush that I had. And because of this song, I literally put put the picture down I did. I've not. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, and you know, going back to what you were saying with the emotion on that that former like verse, I you can feel it in this too, especially on the get some sleep tonight. Yeah. Well, and I in the drive home alone and turn out the light. 
like that. I'm just like picturing her like it, with like maybe an old yearbook fold, you know, photo oh. because that's what was around yeah. back in like, the early 2000s. You didn't like our phone photos weren't very good, so maybe they had a phone photo together that they took on like a razor. <laughs> right. <laughs> Or they were super old school and they had, like me, like those little digital cameras that they carried. Digital cameras. Yeah. I mean, that too. Yeah. Like maybe she like turns on the like digital camera and like just goes through like a a collage of photos of them in their like chemistry class together. (laughs) Okay, Lizzie, you want to take the the last chorus? Yes. No, the the last chorus. Or the wait. Because the lyrics change. Yeah. Okay. So. Yes, because he's the reason for the teardrops on my guitar, the only one who's got enough of me to break my heart. He's the song in the car I keep singing, don't know why I do. Oh. My favorite, like, we're going to go into favorite lines, but the only yeah, one. Who's got and he doesn't even know. Heart. Yeah, but that's the worst it's part. heartbreaking. <laughs> he's the time taking up, but there's never enough. And he's all that I need to fall into. My only note on the, those lines is how was she so eloquent <laughs> when she was 15? Like, how was she this eloquent? Right. The maturity of her writing, that comes from somebody who seems like so deeply in love. Yeah. He's the time taken up, but there's never enough. Ah, I think one of her best written songs or best written lyrics, like up there. Mm-hmm. God, that might yeah, be Yeah, it's so lyrics. good. Yeah, like, when know. you think about it, like... He's taking up so much of her, like, emotional time and, like, her thoughts, but she can't get enough of it. There's not enough of it because he's not hers. Like, they're not together. He doesn't, or he doesn't know about her feelings for him. Ugh, it's so good. No, it, I, like, oh, man. You, like, don't even have the words to describe, like, how it makes you feel. You just, like, the only thing you can say is, damn, like, (laughs) It's true. I, it, it's heartbreak because it's not the kind of heartbreak that you get in like Tim right. McGraw and Picture to Burn. It's a different kind of heartbreak yeah. where you're loving from afar. It, it's it's right the love that can't be. It's unrequited, and and that's why it's so. Yeah. And I think that's a great point, Lizzie. Like we've discussed the first three songs on her lyric and all of them are heartbreak and all of them have a completely different angle, a completely different story to tell. The way, the ability that she has and all of these songs ended up being singles off this album in that she was able to tell a heartbreak story in totally different ways. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like it's amazing because critics do say like, yeah, she sings only about like boys and you know, she's, such a pl- like Taylor Swift is such a slut or whatever because that's all she does is whatever they say but really you know she is someone who has experienced many different types of heartbreak and that's not all that she writes about first number one but <laughs> number two it's like she has she's talented enough that she can talk about things it's not all about like you know slamming on guys that does her wrong not all of her songs right. are like picture to burn where she's like Going out for blood, you know, she's talking about real experiences and it's that such... many people can relate to. Not no, I was just going to say, it's it's Sorry, such go a good point that to, to point out that the first three songs all deal with heartbreak and they all deal with it in a different way. Like Tim McGraw is very like wistful, like I want you to think fondly of our time together. Picture to Burn is like, fuck you. <laughs> and Teardrops on My Guitar is like yearning and like you don't know that I love you. It's like unrequited love. Like, do you guys remember mm-hmm. when Facebook was first a thing and there were Facebook flares? Tell me I'm not the only one who remembers you had like a digital cork board and you would put the fake pens on it and they all said different things. Yes, I'm pretty sure I had one that said there's a Taylor Swift song for that or something like that. <laughs> Even back then, because this was like 2008, so she had maybe two albums out if Fearless had been released by this time. Even back then, when she only had at most two albums worth of songs, we like recognized that she had a song for every facet of an emotion. Even if, even if you remove all of her other albums, if you just look at the debut album. And she, let's pretend she never wrote another album. If you just look at debut, there's a, there's still a song for that. Yeah. You know? And like, I mean, even her older stuff, it's like, sometimes we talk about 
you know, oh, this is the sister song or this song reminds me of her older stuff, but it's just like, it's just the older version, you know, like obviously we're grown up and, you know, you have different experiences and stuff like that, but you really do like, you know, Tim McGraw is that, you know, we broke up and, you know, it was really great. And, you know, it wasn't a terrible breakup. And then you have picture to burn where it's, he's an asshole. I'm setting fire to, you know, our memory setting fire to you. I don't want to have anything to do with you. And then teardrops on my guitar where she's literally so upset to the point where she's crying at night and cannot sleep because she's so in love with this guy who's in love with somebody else. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, like all of her older, all of her newer music, it's impressive to me that she's able to have such a variety of songs just like available on this album, this first very first album when she was 15, 16 years old. And then what's even more impressive is she's able to go back to these same situations, same types of situations for the rest of her career, these other eight albums that she has put out in addition to debut. And she's able to go back to these same similar situations and look at it from something new, not make it seem like it's being rehashed, like make it feel fresh and new again. Right. Right. Yes. It's all universal. Heartbreak, the all different different types. I mean, th- I think that's what makes, this yeah. is why I love Taylor Swift. It's so relatable. All of her music to me is relatable. That she's got, she does have a, you do have yeah. a song for that. Even if you don't, like, even if you've never experienced, you know, the feeling of unrequited love, like, you can still relate to the lyrics. Yeah. Still yeah relate. We've all had a crush that didn't know that, yeah. like, we liked them or didn't know we existed right. kind of thing. Like, we've all been there. Even celebrities, right. you know? Like, everybody can relate to that feeling. So even if, like you were saying, Bailey, like, you can't relate to the specific unrequited, like, feeling of it, we can all relate to, like, you know, having those feelings of that person just not knowing or... Right, or, like, even, like, before you date someone or if you're, like, still, you know, friends with them or, like, and then you end up dating them and whatever, you're still... Right. It's still unrequited. It may not be to the same you know extent I mean? that teardrop on my guitar is, but it's still there. <laughs> Everybody's had a crush. Yeah. We've all like been in that situation where we've looked across the classroom yeah. at this like person that we've like are just we feel like head over heels for and like they might be dating someone else and you're just like, Oh my gosh, I wish that could be me. That's what this song is. Obviously it's on a deeper level, but like that's how we can all relate to it. Yeah. Um, So then the last line of the song is the classic Taylor Swift. Drew looks at me, I fake a smile so he won't see. Repeating the very first line, and it is again the very last line. And that ends the song. As if the entire song wasn't heartbreaking enough, we had to listen to the first line all over again. (laughs) It brings it back to the beginning, and that whole idea of she's so head over heels for this guy, but at the same time, his happiness means more to her than her own happiness. So she will continue to put on that mask yeah. for him. Yeah. It's just so hard. Like It really is. Ugh, my heart is broken all over again. I have a feeling yeah, like all of our that. favorite lyrics are going to be the same. Yeah. yeah. That's and we, kind of, we kind of talk about them when we're going through the lyrics anyway. It's kind of hard not to, but for sure, like one of my favorites is... The first one I would say is she's got everything I have to live with. Like I, that whole that whole uh, stanza. Well, not stanza. The those two lines. I bet she's beautiful. That girl he talks about, and she's got everything that I have to live without. I really like the. And we talked about this earlier. The fact that she's like nodding and tipping her hat at that girl for being beautiful from that mature standpoint, instead of the jealousy mm-hmm. um, that can sometimes come out when you're young and immature. She's looking at this yeah. from such a mature standpoint. But the everything that she has to live without, oh my gosh, that gets you. Yeah. Yep. Great. Great. My favorite lyric <laughs> is definitely the only one who's got enough of me to break my heart. I think that's one. my favorite too. Hey. Well, one well, not like the next one. Yeah. That was the one I was going to say next just because of the placing of it. Like, the only one who's got enough of me to break my heart. And then going on, he's the time taking up, but there's never enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. Like, the idea that, <sighs> like, going through the whole song, you get the idea of this guy is on her mind 24-7. There's still not enough time. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it's like, I mean, it like this, gives me chills. this whole like, last chorus could like it. just be like my favorite lyric, the whole last chorus, but like breaking it down, the only one who's got enough of me to break my heart, that used to kill me. Like that just used to actually me end me. <laughs> and also, well, she, she said- also slows up on that lyric when she said, <laughs> mm-hmm. when she sings break my heart, she slows yes. down um, the notes in between that. She holds them out a little bit longer than she had done in her previous um, chorus on that line. Well, the, the line that it replaced. Yeah. Just to give more emotional inflection. You can feel it. You can feel like her heart's breaking. And also, I think the crazy thing about that one, that line that just really gets you is the fact that, like, they're not dating. And yet he still could absolutely break her heart and just and not just break it, like shatter it into a million pieces. And yet he doesn't he owns a piece of her heart without owning a piece of her heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like he's got like free real estate. Right. Yeah. Well, it's you're like alluding to um, the first song off the Lover album, um, where she talks about like free rent, living rent uh-huh. free. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. That's exactly what this is. So I want to go back to he's the time taken up, but there's never enough. Like, like you know, you get this song is heartbreaking, but like that lyric, it's heartbreaking because of the rest of the song. But it's also like it just it describes a true love so well like you yeah, can right. you, you get the feeling that you can never spend yeah. too much time with your significant other with your lover like he's the time taken up but there's never enough i i live with my boyfriend but like i i'm never tired of being around him you know like there's never enough yeah it reminds me so much like this song and I don't know why, but like when we've just been going through it, it reminds me so much of um, You Are In Love off of 1989. Yes. Like the, and I think it's because she goes back through these lyrics and she's talking about the simple things. Like he walks by me, he looks at me, he's talking to me. And then with when you are in love, she's talking about the very simple parts that make up like the very mundane parts of a relationship that make up that love portion is a lot of times people like to focus on the you know the the big yeah st- yeah and it's not the everyday the grand mundane yeah. routines you know and then like you are in love about like the coffee at midnight and and the drives and the and how you can hear it in the silence uh-huh. that reminds me so much of that line that we were just talking about bailey and he's the time taken up, but there's never enough because he's always on her mind. You can hear it in the silence and you can feel it on the way home. You know, when she's driving home alone at night, right. you know, oh. you can see it with the lights uh-huh. out. She turns out the light. Mm, like, wow. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I didn't either. Wow. That no, I didn't. A I plus, amazing. Rebecca. You get an A for this, <laughs> this episode. Also, she, she uses very simple words. Drew yes. looked at me. Yeah. And like all he did was look at her. She didn't say he, you know, glanced at me or you know, he she doesn't use the big fancy word. She doesn't use a synonym for right. look. She just said he looks at me. And you still get the feeling yes. that all he did was look at her and now she's just smitten. You know? Yeah. 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 Yes. Starstruck. Drew Starstruck. talked yes. to me. You know, like all he did was open his mouth. <laughs> you know? yeah, the bare minimum. <laughs> the bar is on the floor. The bar is on the floor, yes. <laughs> so the secret message in this song, he will never know. Oh. Okay, in the well, context of the unrequited love, that is heartbreaking, but knowing that that is <laughs> who Drew is... And also speaking and speaking to the fact that she wrote this song with no expectation that it would go anywhere. Yeah. She wrote this song as a way of like a catharsis of getting out those feelings and putting it down and like immortalizing those feelings for herself maybe so she could have some closure. I don't know. And then that feeling of he'll never know that this that this is the way I truly felt about him. And of course that couldn't be farther from the truth. Yeah. But she probably had no idea how far this song would go. Yeah. No. So I actually was looking at her, the album cover, and in the acknowledgments, she says, 
she basically says something like, if this is as far as I go, then thank you everyone who supported me. Like, so again, she doesn't expect that this is going to go anywhere. She doesn't expect that this exactly. is going to go anywhere. She doesn't expect that her career is going to go anywhere. And <laughs> she's on album number nine. So she could be further yeah, from the amazing. truth. <laughs> but... Okay, so Drew, let's let's oh. get into this. Yeah, so um, <laughs> Drew was arrested back wow. in 2015, which I think we already talked about a little bit. On child abuse charges, um, he was with some family members. They were drinking a lot of alcohol, and he was upstairs in a room with a three-year-old girl and a five-year-old girl. And he ended up, he hit the five-year-old girl a couple times. She came down the stairs to tell her parents about it, um, one of which is either his stepbrother or brother. Um, what? Like half-brother. Yes, so this was like his brother's children. And his brother went up the stairs, and Drew had basically beaten the, th- the three-year-old so badly that she was life-flighted because the responding oh EMTs thought God. that she was, like, dying. Now, when she got to the hospital and they actually checked her out, she just had a concussion and, like, some really bad bruising. It wasn't, like, the life-threatening situation that they thought it was, but that's how bad it looked to the responding officers. Holy fuck. Yes, 100%. What his his bond was set at like 100,000. So, um which is pretty high for little Hendersonville, Tennessee. You know, it goes to speak of, you know, it, and he was charged with aggravated, you know, child abuse. Um and then also it looked like he was resisting officers at some point. Yep. So, disorderly yeah. conduct. It, it was a pretty bad situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, um, also his brother his brother was like wow. arrested alongside with him was charged with yeah I too, so he was involved yeah christopher and johnny were also arrested yeah. and charged with assault and disorderly conduct as well as simple assault and resisting arrest charges respectively it like wow. it's hard for me to like talk about this because i have a two and a half year old so literally there's like a six month age difference between my child and this child that he like beat to a pulp kind of thing and i just could not I could not right it, but also just, it's oh, it is sick but like, like sick. who puts sick. Uh, just the fact that he was up there with two little girls by himself in a room up the stairs is just kind of odd in and of itself to me yeah. as well, well but like, i mean but like, you're you're related to them yeah like, yeah that's what i was about to say it sounds like that's his nieces almost like yeah and he's related in some way you sh- you shouldn't have i mean always be careful like always watch out with who your children are around but, but that's like, something you should have to think about when it's your brother yeah you shouldn't but you know they were also drinking a ton and you know yeah. you're more likely to be abused by a family member than you are like a random person or a stranger statistically speaking which is like yeah. a, a crazy thing to think about but like I, it's just like I'm trying to think about what was going through everybody's heads in that household because so many people were arrested and like charged here and like they were all drinking so heavily. Why would you allow or send up an adult who was drunk? Anyways, I'm, I don't want to victim blame because obviously he's re- solely responsible for his actions as well as the other people involved and whatever role they played. But the whole thing was just awful. Yeah. And she, she totally dodged a bullet. 100% totally. dodged a bullet. And you still can in jail. that vibe. No, but, you know, you can totally get that vibe from, like, you know, Chandler's quotes from her, like, interviews and how he, like, doesn't show up for years until she finally hits her fame wave. Uh-huh. I mean, she hit it in 2006, but, like, she was really popular in, like, 2008. Right. And stuff like that. And he just shows up as she's going out with two of country music's hottest stars at the time. Kelly Pickler was absolutely huge coming off American Idol. And, of course, Carrie Underwood is Carrie Underwood. Kelly Kelly Pickler, this is off topic. Yes. Yeah. But she opened for the... And Taylor Fearless. wrote, um, and was co-wrote her best, California best, song. No, The Best Days mm-hmm. of Your Life. Oh, yeah. No, it was that one. I'm sorry. Yeah, she wrote yeah. that. So, and I think she did anyways, background vocals for it too. Wow. So he's yeah. not still in jail? Like he's not still in prison? Like this happened in 2015. It's only been that. six years. 
Yeah, well, with charges like that, you can usually get out. I mean, I can look. But you can kind of tell he was a, a piece of crap as well. Yeah. Because, like, just, like, from those previous interviews, how he just shows up out of the blue. Like, after he knows without a doubt, like, that that song's about him, like, years later, he doesn't try and contact her in the beginning. He waits until she's, like, at a really high point of her fame, even back then. Well, actually... Then, like, shows up with his buddy. She said that he would leave her voicemails, and she just felt too awkward to respond. Like, it's super unfortunate but i'm just like looking him up and you google him and it's subject of taylor swift like it's unfortunate that now she's associated by name yeah obviously if you didn't do anything wrong but it just you know kind of i don't remember in 2015 this making like a crazy headline right but then again in 2015 there was a lot of stuff going on yeah with taylor so yeah 1989 Wait, no. no. Oh, look. He was released from Summer County Jail on a $100,000 bond on Monday and is scheduled to appear in court in February 2016. But that's all I have. This was written back in December of 2015. Well, good riddance. Hopefully he... If I spend time, I could, like, look up the court records. Right. (laughs) And now it's not worth it. Yeah, I was about to say the next episode we record, Rebecca's going to have like all the information on the stage. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just need some time. <laughs> message our group. <laughs> message our group in an hour and be like, hey, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, at the end of the day, he's a piece of shit. Like, point blank. Agree. You know, he's an, he's an awful person. And then I'm so glad that like she was able. You know, obviously she didn't see this coming, but like even back then she just felt uncomfortable enough to just not return his calls and just say, eh, leave it in the past. Yeah. yeah. I'm assuming that like Taylor knows yeah. probably you about think sure. this, the Drew and what happened to him. Yeah. Do we want to do final thoughts or do we think we've done final thoughts and we just want I mean, if anybody has it, does anybody I think have we've it? done say final thoughts. Final thoughts wise on that, on this song? So like totally on like a different yeah <laughs> i don't yeah no i'm i'm good i think so. i guess the only thing i would say is i think this could totally qualify as a um a track five contender oh oh you are correct i agree with that i mean like i don't i would never replace cold as you but as a track five because that is so that song is like so damn but you're right it does um, have the emotional aspect vibes. to it yeah it does it really does anyways that's it (laughs) thanks for listening to ready for it a taylor swift podcast look out for our next episode where we continue our exploration of taylor swift's debut album with a place in this world follow us on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok you will find the handles in our bio feel free to like and subscribe thanks see ya Bye. bye